This morning, the book of Colossians chapter number 4 this morning. The book of Colossians chapter number 4 and verse number 2. Colossians chapter 4 and verse number 2. Paul writes and he says, Continue earnestly in prayer, being vigilant in it with thanksgiving. Continue earnestly in prayer, being vigilant in it with thanksgiving. Father, we thank you for the word of the Lord today. We thank you today for the opportunity the opportunity of bringing our, our needs and our burdens before you. Father, I just pray today that you will help us to motivate the people today and give them a desire, a hunger, Lord, to pray. Father, may we have an incredible, incredible response in this prayer revival this coming week. And may we have the greatest year ever, Lord, for the glory of God and the kingdom of God. We ask these things in Jesus' name. All of God's people said, praise the Lord. Lord. And you may be reseated this morning. Friend, prayer prepares us for what's ahead. Now, we may not know what lies ahead for us, but prayer will prepare us. You see, before Jesus launched his earthly ministry, he first prepared himself by going into the wilderness and spending 40 days in fasting and prayer. He first prayed for 40 days and then he chose his disciples. Jesus prayed uh, daily, preparing himself daily uh, in order to meet the demands of all the people. And before going to the cross, Jesus first prepared himself By going into the Garden of Gethsemane and there spending three grueling hours in prayer. Spending time in the presence of his Father. Here's what I don't understand this morning. And that is if Jesus, the Son of God, if he felt the need to prepare himself. Then who in the world are we to think that we can face another year of the unknown unprepared? Today begins a week of prayer for New Bethel. It begins with a challenge From me to you. And I am challenging you today to set aside some time this next week and prepare yourself all for the coming year doing that through prayer. Next Sunday I'm going to tell you what I believe God spoke to me about our new Bethel family and the coming year. At the end of every year, I spend some time with God asking Him for what He wants to do in the coming year and what He has planned for us. And and next Sunday, I'm going to tell you what I believe that the Lord has spoken into my heart about the coming year. In the meantime, we're going to spend a week of preparing ourselves through prayer. So let's talk about prayer this morning. We, We talk about prayer a lot. That's the problem. We do too much talking and not enough doing. We talk about prayer, we preach about prayer, we teach about prayer, we sing about prayer. (laughs) Oh, we used to sing sweet hour of prayer. But when you ask somebody to pray an hour, their heart's got about that big. You want me to pray an hour? (laughs) Let's talk about it a little bit this morning. Six things concerning prayer. Let's talk about number one, let's talk about the significance of prayer. Prayer ought to be our priority. Oh, somebody said, I don't have time to pray. But oh, if you really understood the true value of prayer, you would change your thinking. Instead of saying, I don't have time to pray, you would be saying, I I am so busy. The only way I'm going to get everything done is if I pray. 
Jesus had people pulling and tugging on him all of the time. Multitudes coming and going. Oh, a bunch of whiny disciples to take care of. Oh, and yet Jesus would first talk to God before he would talk to man. Mark 1 and 35, in the morning, having risen a long while before daylight, speaking of Jesus, he went and he departed into a solitary place and there he prayed. Friend, if you are too busy to pray, you're too busy. We have time for what we make time for. We have time for what we want to have time for. I like to play golf. Everybody knows I like to play golf. And I'll do whatever I have to do to make sure that once or twice a week I get to play golf. Amen. I may be coming in early. I may be studying late. I may be rearranging my schedule. But I'm going to make time because I like to do it. Amen. I want to do it so I'm going to do it. We have time for what we make time for. We have time for what we want to have time for. I'm not trying to put you on some guilt trip this morning. and Oh, I'm not trying to ev- uh, invoke some pharisaical legalistic rule or law on you. I'm simply saying that if we truly recognize the incredible value of prayer, then we would pray. Too many people are like the lady. True story. He came come to see me one time about her troubles. And she told me about all of her troubles and told me about all of her problems. And I said, well, oh, I said, we need to pray about this. And she said, well, pastor, it couldn't hurt. She said, I've already tried everything else. Come on. I'm not saying everybody ought to be praying five hours a day. I'm not saying everybody ought to pray an hour a day. But I am saying that that we ought to be talking to God every single day. We ought to be finding some time somewhere in our day to communicate with our Heavenly Father. Hey, get creative in your prayer time. Creative in your prayer time. Pray all as you commute to work. If it takes you 30 minutes to get to work, pray on your way to work. Pray on your way back. Pray when you're walking. Oh, you'd have to start walking first. Pray while you're working out. Amen. Put the newspaper down and use that time to pray. Prayer ought to be priority. But I not only want us to talk about the significance of prayer, I want us to talk about the structure of prayer. The structure of prayer. Pastor, are you saying that there ought to be structure to our prayer? Well, I don't have to. Jesus already did. He already did. In Matthew chapter 6, verse 9 through 13, Jesus responded to the disciples as they asked him to teach them how to pray. I think it's interesting they didn't say, Lord, teach us how to preach. Lord, teach us how to teach. Reading between the lines here, Jesus must have impressed them so much with his prayer life. Oh, that they wanted to learn how to pray like he did. And so they asked him, Lord, teach us how to pray. Now we've talked about this before, so I'm just going to touch on it briefly this morning. But let's look there, Matthew chapter 6, verse 9 through 13. Jesus said, pray like this. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. 
Now understand that this is not a prayer to recite. Jesus was not telling them, now here's how you pray, recite, learn, memorize this prayer and recite this prayer. He wasn't talking about reciting this prayer. We do recite the prayer. There's nothing wrong with reciting that prayer. But actually, he was not telling us to recite this prayer. But he was actually giving us a pattern or a structure for prayer. Jesus is really saying that your prayer time ought to include these four things that I mentioned here. Number one is praise. Jesus said, here's the way you ought to pray. You ought to begin your prayer with praise. Verse 9, Jesus said, pray, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Prayer ought to begin with praise. And then once we spent some time praising God, praising God, thanking Him for who He is, thanking Him for what He's done, ah, just going down the list of all of the incredible blessings that He has provided for us. Once we get into His presence in praise, then Jesus said that we can go from praise into petition. Petition, verse number 11, He said, Now you can pray, give us this day our daily Bread. Or in other words, you can ask me for what you need. You can go to the Father with your needs. It's okay to petition God. It's okay to ask Him to meet your daily needs. But remember, He has promised to meet all of our need, not all of our greed. And then He said you can kick into the third gear, and that is penitence. Or repenting. In verse 12 he said to pray this way. Forgive us of our debts as we forgive our debtors. The Bible tells us that we all sin. and We all fall short of the glory of God. And so we should daily repent of our wrongdoing. And there's not a person here today that doesn't do something wrong every single day. It may not be some horrible blatant open sin. It might just be a, a wrong motive. It might just be a sharp word. It might just be a critical response. But none of us can go through an entire day without doing something we ought not be doing. And so we need to include in our prayer penitence. Oh, forgive us of our debts as we forgive our debtors. And then then he said we can pray for protection. Verse 13, deliver us from the evil one. I don't know about you, but I pray a hedge of protection around me and my family nearly every single day. Nearly every single day I plead the blood of Jesus over me and over my life and my family and my extended family. And then I call them all by name. And every one of them is prayed for in a specific manner. That's what Jesus said to pray. And then when you've done these four things, then Jesus says, return to praise. Verse 13. Oh, he said, finish by yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Friend, prayer ought to begin and it ought to end with praise. And that's because that God is so praiseworthy. I'm telling you that God is an incredible God and he deserves the praise of his people. Give him a shout of praise in this house today. Now let me say this morning that this pattern or this structure of prayer ought not be some kind of a noose around our neck or some ball and chain that we drag around. I'm not suggesting that today. It's not meant to be some kind of bondage, but simply as a help or a guide in our prayer life. 
See, often throughout the day when I'm by myself, when I'm alone, I just talk to God. I would just talk to Him like I would talk to Mark. I just talk to Him like I would talk to uh, my wife. I just talk to Him like I would talk to Pastor Steve. Just throughout my day when I'm by myself, I'll just start talking to God. Sometimes throughout my day, I'll just begin to lift my hands and my voice and begin to sing a praise song to Him. Amen. Whether it is structured or unstructured, we ought to be people of prayer. Amen. Prayer can be structured or unstructured. And yet, these four key elements that Jesus gave us ought to surface often in our prayer life. All right, we've talked about the significance of prayer. We've uh, talked about the structure of prayer. Let's talk about the subject of prayer. The subject of prayer. You see, too often prayer is all about the wrong subject. Because it's all, almost always all about us. It's about us, all our needs, our wants, our questions, our complaints, our feelings. And yes, prayer is about petition, but oh, it ought to be more than that. And yes, prayer is about penitence or repenting, but it ought to be more than that. And yes, prayer is about pouring out our heart before God and telling God all of our troubles and all of our trials and all of our problems. And, and listen, friend, it's even okay to vent our feelings to God and tell God how we are feeling, even if it's not too good. Amen. We can vent our feelings to God. He's a big boy. He can handle it. But it ought to be more than that. You see, prayer ought to be mostly about Him. It ought to be mostly about Him. Oh, Jesus said, pray this way, our Father in Heaven. It's about our Father in Heaven. Oh, our Father in Heaven, hallowed be Your name. Friend, prayer ought to include some quality time just hanging out with the Heavenly Father. Think about it, just hanging out with the Father. Amen. You've heard me say it a thousand times, I'll say it a thousand and one. And that is, you're going to be like the people you hang out with. Like begins like. I'm telling you, we ought to be hanging out with God more. If we had to hang out with God more, amen, we'd be more God-like. And prayer is a time, amen, not just to be solemn and not just to be prim and proper, but it's a time also just to be hanging out with God. He's our Father. I have a son, I have a daughter, and I love to hang out with them. And I'm so blessed that they like to hang out with me too. Especially when I have my wallet with me. We like to just hang out sometimes and just be together and just be with each other. Amen. And you know what? Because we hang out together a lot, we're a lot alike. My son told me the other day, he said, Dad. Amber told me the other day, you're just like your dad. Or she'll say, that sounded just like what your dad would say. Or he said, I'll be saying something. I'll say, oh no, that's my dad. Because we're like the people that we hang out with. Amen. If we begin to hang out with God, just start hanging out in His presence. If we just start hanging out in the presence of God, we'd become more like Him. Amen. Prayer ought to include just hanging out. With the Heavenly Father. Fellowship. Listening as well as talking. And we become better people by hanging out with God. I love the story of the man that entered his donkey in the Kentucky Derby. He said, I don't expect him to win. (laughs) I'm just hoping the association will do him some good. (laughs) 
Ah, yeah. Amen. Hey, the association will make us or break us. Why not start hanging out with God? I also love the true story of the evangelist that was preaching a revival in Pasadena, California. And one night a lady at church said to him, I know where you've been today. The evangelist thought to himself, are they following me? Do they not trust me? Are they following me around? And then he began to think, oh no, where where have I been today? And the woman said, I know where you've been today. You have been to one of our magnificent rose gardens. She said, I know this because the fragrance of the roses are still upon you. Oh, and so it is this morning with prayer. When we've been hanging out with God. Amen. When we've been spending quality time in the presence of God through prayer. Oh, the fragrance of heaven is upon us. Oh, I ask you this morning, what is the fragrance that is upon you today? Is it the fragrance of this whole world? Or is it the fragrance of a heavenly place? Is it the fragrance of the heavenly Father? Because when we spend time in His presence, when we hang out with the Father. Oh, we begin to act like Him. We begin to talk like Him. Amen. We take on His attributes. Oh, let's just learn to hang out with the Father. Hallelujah. We're talking about prayer this morning. The fourth thing I want us to talk about is the security of prayer. Prayer is like insurance. It insures us Of God's protection. Oh, among the most beautiful Psalms is Psalm 91. Psalm 91. It's actually in the Old Testament. Psalm 91. He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress, my God. In Him I will trust. Surely He will deliver me from the snare of the fowler and from the perilous pestilence. And He shall cover me with His feathers. And under His wings shall I take refuge. His truth shall be my shield and buckler. When I was in the eighth grade, my father moved us out to the country. We're city people. (laughs) Green Acres had nothing on us. My dad bought a milk cow. Nobody knew how to milk. That poor cow almost exploded before my, one of my brothers learned how to milk. Dad bought some chickens. Had a chicken house and a chicken yard. In Oklahoma, thunderstorms can pop up just out of nowhere. And I'll never forget, I remember the first time that a storm came and my dad said to me, son, go gather up all the chickens and shoo them into the, into the chicken coop and shut the door. There's a storm coming. I'm in the eighth grade. 
I'm a city boy. I go out and look for the chickens. And I see the hens, but I knew that we had a bunch of baby chicks. And I looked for the hens. I saw the hens, but I couldn't find the baby chicks. You know where they were. Yeah. Mama hen had gathered all of her baby chicks. And she spread her wings. And she took those baby chicks and put them under her. She knew what was happening. She knew what was taking place. She knew the danger. And so she gathered them and put them under her. She was willing to give her own life for the life of her chicks. She was going to be their protection. Ah, ah, the Bible says that the Lord spreads His wings. No, God doesn't have wings. It's just to give us a mental picture. But the Bible says that God spreads His wings when we enter into the secret place. And He covers us with His feathers. And He brings us to Him. Amen. And and there is the place of safety. Oh, the storms can come and the storms can go. But we're going to be safe because we're gathered under the wing. We're gathered in the secret place. We're gathered underneath the Lord. Hallelujah. Well, give the Lord a shout of praise this morning. It's all right. This morning I'm talking about preparation through prayer. Preparation through prayer. Prayer prepares us for what lies ahead. We're we're facing a brand new year. We We don't know what lies ahead. Pastor, what do you think is going to happen in 2010? Well, I don't know for sure. I can't tell you specifically. But I'm pretty smart. Let me prophesy to you this morning. I'm pretty spiritual too. And humble too, especially humble. I think I'll write a book on humility, true humility and how I obtained it. Yeah. Let me prophesy to you this morning. Here's what's going to happen in 2010. You're going to have some good days. And you're going to have some bad days. You're going to have some ups. And you're going to have some downs. Oh, there's going to be days when you just think you're on top of the world. And you're going to have some days when you think the world is on top of you. What a prophet. <laughs> How many agree that's probably what's going to happen in the coming year? I don't know for sure this morning. I don't know specifically what lies ahead. But oh, I want to tell you this morning that we can prepare ourselves. We can prepare ourselves for the good and the bad, the up and the down. We can prepare ourselves through prayer. All right, we've talked about the significance of prayer and the structure and the subject and the security. The fifth thing I want to talk about this morning, and that is the secret ingredient of prayer. Secret ingredient. Pastor, you might say, I'm having trouble getting my prayers answered. What What should I do? Oh, let me, let me share a secret ingredient. Have you ever tasted a dish? Ever tasted some type of food? Don't get ahead of me. (laughs) Have you ever tasted some kind of dish or food? It was just better than everybody else's. I mean, it might have been fried chicken. It might have been an apple pie. It might have been a casserole. Food that everybody makes. But this person 
or this particular restaurant just makes it better than anybody else. They have a secret ingredient that nobody else has. Or if you're like the Colonel Sanders was, he had 13. 13 secret ingredients. 13 original herbs and spices, he said. And nobody knew what they were. Well, let me tell you this morning, there's a secret ingredient in prayer. An ingredient that sets a person's prayer life apart from everybody else. How many of you want to know what the secret ingredient is this morning? Come back next Sunday and I'll tell you. Okay, I'll tell you. It's gratitude. Back to our text. Colossians 4 and 2 continue earnestly in prayer, being vigilant in it. Notice, with thanksgiving. Say, with thanksgiving. Philippians 4 and 6, don't worry about anything, but pray about everything. Pray with supplication and, 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 and thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known unto God. Oh, no one likes to do things for ungrateful people. And I want to tell you that God doesn't even like to do things for ungrateful people. Psalm 104 says to enter into His gates with thanksgiving and enter into His courts with praise. Be thankful to Him and bless His name. Friend, gratitude goes a long way with people. And I'm going to tell you that gratitude goes a long way with God. And if our prayers are not being answered the way we want them to be, perhaps it's because we're spending too much time pouting and not enough time praising. Alright, we've rounded third base. We are headed for home in this message this morning. But remember, there's still 90 feet from third base to home. The last thing I want to talk about concerning prayer this morning is the submission of prayer. The submission of prayer. Let me repeat something that I said last week. Prayer is not for twisting God's arm. The purpose of prayer is not for trying to talk God into something. It's not for trying to get God to see something the way you see it. That's not the purpose of prayer. Prayer is for finding out what God wants. It's for seeking the direction that God wants us to take. It's for discovering what God is into at the moment so that we can join in on what God is doing right now. I told you last week the reason why most churches aren't growing today is that they're into what God has exited a long time ago. God was there. It was awesome. God was in it. But God is long gone. God has long moved on. And they didn't move with Him. And so they're still doing what God was blessing, but there's no blessing now, and they don't know why. But God is over here doing something. I'm not talking about changing His Word, but I'm telling you that God is up to something new, and God is up to something fresh, and God is doing a new thing today. Prayer is really about submission. 
submitting our will to his will. And even Jesus had to do this. Even Jesus had to do this. In the flesh, he did not want to go to the cross. And who would? And for three hours in the Garden of Gethsemane, he prayed to the Father. Luke 22 and 42, Father, how oh, if there's any other way than this, Father, oh God, if you, God, don't you have another way? God, if there's any way it's in your will to take this cup from me, please take it away. I don't want to drink it. Nevertheless, not my will. Your will be done. Friend, nearly every day I thank God for every door that He's ever opened for me. But I also thank Him for every door He's closed for me. As I look back over my life and I see how God has directed me and I see how God has blessed me. Not only bless me by opening the doors that He has opened for me, but equally, if not more, for closing some doors that I so much wanted Him to open for me, but He wouldn't open them. I mean, a couple of times I even stuck my foot in the door. But He had it bolted shut and had a metal door there. He wouldn't let me in. And now as I look back upon it, and see that if I'd went through that door, I wouldn't have been able to go through this door. And nearly every day I thank God, not only for every time that He said yes to me, every time that God actually saw things my way, which is not very often. But I also thank Him for all the times when He said, Nope. Are you crazy? You want me to what? Son. Prayer is really all about submission. It's all about letting go of our will, letting go of our way, letting go of our wants and our wishes, and picking up God's plan for our life. And by the way, friend, God does have a plan for our life. Oh, and it's a good one. In fact, it is so good. Oh, that we would want it too. If we only knew what He knew, and if we could only see what He sees, we would want it too. He does have a plan for us. Jeremiah 29 and 11. Oh, do you not know the plans I have for you, says the Lord? There are plans for good and not for evil. There are plans to give you a future and to give you a hope. And I can tell you, my friend, from personal experience that every single time that God had a different plan for than mine, His plan was better. Friends, stop struggling with God's plan for your life and just simply begin to embrace it. And friend, you will not be happy until you do. And when you do submit your will to His will, you will experience true satisfaction. If we could have the musicians and singers to come back, please. We've been talking about preparation through prayer. Also, give me four altar workers this morning within the perimeters that I've asked, please. Just four, the first four, very quickly. 
We've been talking about preparation through prayer this morning. For we may not know what it is, and we don't know what it is that we are preparing for. But whatever it is that lies ahead, whatever it is that's out there in the future for us, whatever it is, ah, prayer is the preparation that will make sure that once we get there, and once we experience it, and once it begins to happen and take place in our life, We're ready for it. We're prepared for it because we prepared through prayer. I want to see 2010 be the greatest year ever of New Bethel. And you know what? It's going to have to go a long ways to do it. Because if you've been around here for at least five or six years, and if you've been around here for seven years, you know we've seen some really good years. I'd like to see it be the greatest year ever, and I believe it can be. But it's not going to happen just because I want it to. I can't preach it into being. I can't hire it into being. It'll come about as we all submit our will to His will. As we all prepare ourselves and prepare our church for the coming year through prayer. So I am challenging you today. I'm challenging you today to pray. This coming week, oh, I need you. I need you to be here. Oh, I'm busy. Well, I'm busy too. I'm making it as easy as possible. It's going to be a one-hour prayer meeting, Monday, Tuesday, and Thursday. Come in here and leave. You don't have to hang around. You don't have to do anything. Just come in here and get the direction for the night. And every night might be different than the next night. I'm not 100% sure how it's all going to go. Hopefully the Holy Spirit's going to just lead us. And every single night's going to be different than the next. Monday, Tuesday, and Thursday, just give us an hour. And, and if you need to trade off at home, who comes because you got kids? I'm going to understand that too. But somebody ought to represent your family and be here. And Wednesday night we'll all be here and the Royal Rangers will have their ministry and Impact Girls and, and youth will have theirs. Everybody else will be in the auditorium. We'll have some worship. We'll have prayer. We'll be directed in prayer. And then we'll have that 24-hour all-night prayer meeting. 24 hours of prayer. Somebody in this room for 24 hours. Amen. You'll have a prayer directive. You'll have some things to pray about. Also, also, don't, I don't want to fail to mention this. Make sure you get your, those prayer request cards and fill out a prayer request and just put it on the altar. Just put it on the altar. And everyone, when you come to pray, just make sure, just look on the altar and get a prayer request or two or three and pray over them and then take them and put them back. Don't take them home with you. Put them back so the next person can come and they can pray over them. And, Man, oh man, maybe you need to put somebody's uh, uh, some, uh, a loved one or a friend that don't know Christ, their name on there. Or maybe somebody that's got cancer. Whatever, put them on there. Can you imagine how many unbelievable hours and hours and hours of prayer somebody has prayed over that request. I want everyone to stand with me this morning. Speaking of prayer this morning, perhaps you're here today and you have a need in your life. Maybe you're sick in your body. Maybe... You have a financial need. Maybe you have a family situation. Maybe you have a job situation. All the list is goes on and on and on. But you need somebody to pray with you this morning. That's what these altar workers are here for. You can give them as much or as little information as you like this morning. 
and they'll pray with you and they'll believe God with you. The others are on either side. Also, if you just need to spend some time by yourself, you don't need someone to pray with you. You just need to get alone with God. We've made room for you. Maybe it just intimidates you to come forward, but you can still pray right there where you're at this morning. And as Brother Clay gets us into the presence of God in a worship chorus this morning, the altars are open. Please don't leave with the same burden that you brought, but let somebody share it with you this morning. And let's see if God will not lift that burden and see if God will not minister.